Well, good morning. It's, uh, it's good to be here. It's hard to believe it's the first Sunday of 2019. Um, as I get older, uh, it makes more sense now what my parents always told me, that as you get older, time flies by, because it surely does. Uh, yesterday uh, was actually six months since Courtney and I moved back to Monroe County, which is also hard to believe. Um, but if you would turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of James, the first chapter, it's on page 578 in your pew hymnals. We're going to be looking at a set of four verses this morning in James 1, verses 2 through 5. And if you just want to stand and turn to someone and give them a handshake or a hug and uh, just say, stay strong in the faith. Alright, so James chapter 1, verses 2 through 5, if you'll just remain standing for the reading of the word. It says, To count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without approach, reproach, and it will be given to him. Thank you. You may be seated. Brother Paul mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago we had a, a conversation in his office. I, I guess we were there, what, Brother Paul, for an hour and a half or so, talking about all sorts of different things. And um, he got to talking about me preaching today, and I'm thinking, oh, goodness, first Sunday in 2019, what in the world am I going to preach about? But I, I just want to take a moment to pause for a second and just say we have a great pastor. We have a great pastor. He loves this church and he loves everybody in this room. And as we got to spend that time together, that came out very clearly. And um, make sure that you tell him that you're thankful for him. Uh, Don't assume that he knows it. Just make sure you tell him. But after our meeting last week, I planned on bringing you a message this morning from Matthew chapter 6 about the Lord's Prayer and thinking that this is the first Sunday in 2019 we're going to talk about resolutions, talk about goals, and how it's already a week into the new year. We've probably messed up our resolutions and goals. But Monday night, things changed. And I think we can all agree it's been a tough week in Monroe County. You know, I didn't know Leah. I know people who know her, obviously. But it's been tough to hear the news reports. It's been tough to, to watch been tough, especially for our extended family over at Gamel, for Leah's family. And yesterday, of course, we got the news we all feared, but hoped wouldn't be true. And I don't believe that any of us thought or imagined that this is how 2019 would start. But you know what? God knew this is how it would start. God wasn't surprised by any of this. And what happened in our community this week is the kind of thing that you hear about on the news and you see in the headlines, but you never imagine that something like this would happen here to somebody you know, to somebody who knows somebody you know. And when it does happen, if you were like me this week, you found yourself asking, why? Why do things like this happen to God's people? Why do tragedies occur? Why is this the plan? And by the time we leave this morning... I think we're going to see why trials come into our lives. 
And it's not going to make it any easier. But we're going to have some understanding on how we're going to respond to trials like this. So what is James telling us in this passage that we've read this morning? First, I think we need to understand who James is. You may or may not know James was the half-brother of Jesus. So he knew what trials were about. He saw his brother tortured. He saw his brother crucified. He saw his friends, the other disciples, tortured, persecuted, some of them crucified, murdered. He himself endured trials as well. He knows what trials are about when he's writing this. But he tells us to count it joy when you go into trials. So the first point we have this morning is that we need to plan on having trials coming into our life. In other words, we need to expect to have trials. You'll notice that James does not say count it joy if you go into trials. He says count it joy when you go into trials. Trials for the Christian are a given. It should just be assumed. In fact, trials for everybody in life should be assumed because we live in a fallen world. That's the nature of sin. That's what happens when we go against God's plan and now the world is full of things that are going to be bad. Bad things will happen. There's nothing we can do about it. And anyone who's lived for any amount of time knows this. We've all had bad things happen, haven't we? Now there are some preachers out there who are going to say, hey, you know what? If you're a Christian and you're truly following Christ, nothing bad will ever happen to you. Has anybody ever heard a preacher say that? Nothing bad will ever happen to you. In fact, life is going to be nothing but great from here on out. But guess what? That is not what Scripture tells us. That is not what Scripture tells us. Let's consider for a minute the story of Job. If you've not read the book of Job recently, I encourage you to read it because it really kind of gives a clear picture of why trials come into our life. Job was a wealthy man, and the Scriptures tell us that he was blameless and upright. He feared God, and he turned away from evil. But what happened to Job? Well, to make a long story short, Satan, he comes to God. And they get on the topic of Job. And he says, the only reason Job loves you, and the only reason Job does not curse you, is because Job doesn't have anything wrong going on in his life. And God says, okay, Satan, you know what? I'll let you test Job. But I'm going to lay out some parameters of what you can or cannot do. And the parameters were basically this. Satan, you can do anything to Job you want, except kill him. You can't kill him. But anything else, that's on the table. And so just to summarize what happened to Job, he lost his family. He lost all of his livestock. He lost all of his crops. He had boils all over his skin. His friends mocked him. In fact, the only thing that Job was left with was his life. That's the only thing Satan did not do to him. Yet through all of this, Job kept his faith. That doesn't mean... Job wasn't in anguish. That doesn't mean Job wasn't hurting, because he was. If you look in the book of Job, it actually says at one point, Job cries out and says, I wish I had never been born. I just want to die. I don't want to be here anymore. I hate the day that I was born. I hate the fact that my mother had me. But in the midst of all the grief and torture, we read what Job says in Job 19, 25, and 27. He says this, But I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last He will stand upon the earth. And after I have been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God, who I will see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, for my heart yearns within me. 
Job didn't understand his trials, but he knew that God was in control. He understood that God's thoughts are not our thoughts, and God's ways are not our ways. And James says to count it joy when we go through these trials. Now the word joy, it can be translated as rejoice. It means to give thanks, be thankful, be glad in the trials. Now be careful to note what the text does not say. It does not say to be happy about the trial itself. You do not have to be happy about the bad things that happen to you. But what it does say is to rejoice, be glad, and be thankful to the Lord while you are in the trial. It's not an easy command. It's not easy to rejoice when bad things happen. It's not easy to be thankful when life around you is falling apart. So how do we do that? We need to understand that our joy does not and cannot come from the things that are the focus of our trials. Our joy does not come from our families. Our joy does not come from our job. Our joy does not come from our home, our money, our car, anything on this earth. That's not where our joy comes from. Our joy only comes from the Lord Himself. And joy should not be confused with happiness. They're similar, but they are not the same. Joy is a choice. It's a state of mind. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's delighting in Christ our Savior, which brings us to our second point this morning. The first was to plan on trials coming into your life because they're going to happen. And the second is this, to allow the trials that come into our lives to perfect our faith. But here's the thing, this is not something you do. You don't perfect your faith. But it's a result of what happens when we persevere through trials. God accomplishes the perfecting of our faith in the midst of our trials. And the joy, when we count it joy in the midst of those trials, it produces endurance. And Paul lays this out for us in Romans 5, starting in verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at just the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Faith is the source of everything we have in Christ. It's how we are justified. It's the agent by which we are saved by grace. And that faith allows us to rejoice in our sufferings. It's faith that allows us to rejoice in our trials. And notice that the suffering, it says, it produces endurance. And the word endurance in Romans 5 is the same word in Greek for steadfastness that we see in James. And Paul says that the endurance produces character, which produces hope. And what is that hope? Romans 5, 6 told us what that hope was. At just the right time, while we were weak, Christ died for us. That is our hope. That is our source of joy. That is our comfort. That is what we live for. Perfecting our faith means running with endurance. It means standing strong in the hope of Christ during our trials. 
In other words, our faith in the hope that Christ gives us allows us to have the joy that James commands us to have when we are in these trials. It's cyclical. Both ends feed off of each other. And they ultimately bring us to maturity in our Christian life. Now obviously, we're still human. There's things we do not understand. Like I said, our thoughts aren't God's thoughts and our ways aren't His ways. And that brings us to our final point this morning. We need to pray for understanding. Pray for understanding. In our main passage this morning, in James 1.5, it says, If we lack wisdom, and, and the word wisdom it just simply means understanding. It means the, the capacity to understand. And James says that we should ask God for that understanding. That we should ask God for understanding in our trials. And that God's not going to rebuke us for not understanding the trial that we're in. No, He's going to give us understanding. It probably won't come immediately, but He'll give it to us. So we pray for understanding. We pray for God to reveal His will. We want God to show us why this trial came into our lives. We want God to show us how this could possibly make us stronger. And we want God to show us how it can be used for His glory. In church, every trial, every trial, no matter how small, no matter how big, no matter how tragic, will be used for God's glory. Last Sunday night, Courtney and I went up to her parents' house and we watched the movie War Room. And if you haven't seen this movie, you need to watch it as soon as possible. It's probably one of the most powerful movies that I've ever seen. And since I just told you that you need to watch this movie, I'm going to try to not give too many spoilers here. But in the movie, there's this lady named Miss Clara. Now, Miss Clara is this older lady and she's got some spunk. And she's a prayer warrior. And she meets the main character of the movie whose name is Liz Jordan. She's her real estate agent. But they get to talking and, and, and Clara finds out through talking with Liz that there's some problems in her marriage. And so one day, Clara tells her, hey, I want you to write down everything that's wrong with your husband. And so she starts writing and writing and writing and writing and writing. There's pages and pages and pages. And she gets done and she hands it to Clara. And Clara says, I don't, I don't want to read that. And she's like, then why did I make this list? And you know what Clara says to her? She says, you're focusing on the wrong thing. You're focusing on your husband. You're focusing on your trial. You're focusing on your problems. When you should be focusing on God. And prayer was the answer. And I don't want to give away how it works out. You'll need to watch the movie. But the point is this. Prayer is the key to understanding our trials. Prayer is the key to understanding how to go through these trials. Amen. So we need to plan on having trials come because they are going to come. We need to allow those trials to perfect our faith. And we need to pray for understanding. So what does that mean for us? Because we're in the middle of a trial right now. Our community is hurting. Leah's family is hurting. Of course, Leah, she's not hurting. and She's in a perfect state with her Lord. But for those of us who are left in the pain and the hurt and the aftermath and the lack of understanding, we need to cling to the words of Psalm 34, 18. This is one of my most favorite verses in all of Scripture. It says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and He saves those who are crushed in spirit. And if that verse doesn't give you chills this morning, I don't know what will. Earlier I said that God can use any trial, no matter how big, no matter how small, no matter how tragic, for His glory. And I think we've already seen that in Monroe County this week, haven't we? We've seen God 
pull a community together in common bond in heroic fashion. And we've seen countless selfless acts. People gave time. People gave money. People gave food. People gave equipment. They risked their lives at all hours of the day and night. And the people of God were praying. You were praying. You were praying for Leah. You were praying for the rescue workers. You were praying for the community. And while it may feel like our prayers were not answered, let me assure you they were. Leah, she is safe in the arms of God. In our community, though we're hurting, we're stronger than we were before. 1,800 people searching. That's amazing. That's amazing. God has already used this tragedy for good. He's already used it for His glory. And I'm sure that He's not done yet. We must have faith. When people see Christians who are in this trial, having faith, they're going to know that something about us is different. Something about us is different. They're going to see a different attitude from the people who have hope, from the people who don't. And through this, I have no doubt. Somebody's going to come to Christ through this. I have no doubt. So I think the thing we should take away from this and what James is trying to teach us is perfectly captured in Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that so clings so closely to us, and let us run the race with endurance that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So let's run this race with endurance. We can persevere through this trial, and any trial that comes our way, because when we see the love of Christ, and we have faith that God is using these trials for His purposes, we can do anything. So let us stay bonded together as a community in 2019 knowing that Christ is our sole source of joy. And it is that source of joy that can get us through any trial. Yeah.